0: The dawn of civilization, primitive, (laughs) dangerous, (laughs) exciting, the handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Look who's come out of his cave. Everyone,
1: thanks for tuning in. This is James from Cave Dweller Music. I'm here with my co-host, Brendan, and today we have the team from Minerva with us. Um... Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. It's great to have you. Do you want to just tell us
2: a little bit about who you are and, and what you do in the band? Uh, I'm Byron Hawk. I do guitar and vocals.
3: I'm Gina. I play the drums.
2: I'm Kevin and I play the bass and
0: vocals. Yeah, do vocals.
1: <laughs> awesome. Great to have you on. Thanks for taking the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's fun.
1: Um, so, you guys are based in uh, South Carolina, right? Yes.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, how did you come into contact with uh, with Black Dumber Records?
2: Well, um, we recorded the record um, sort of right before pandemic, and then sort of pandemic hit, um, and that gave me some time to just kind of research labels and look around and sort of see what's out there. Um, and we were kind of looking for you know something that was regional. Uh, so we could sort of click into that network, uh, and I stumbled onto Black Doomba, started following them, looking at uh, their bands, and really loved Dayglow Morning, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a band that they had already signed, and they had just signed Holy Roller, and I really liked those guys. So I just thought this, you know, this makes sense, and uh, I pitched it to uh, Curtis, uh, Doer PR. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a PR guy and he recommended them. He had worked with Black Doom before and recommended that we pitched them. And so we pitched them, and fine. <laughs> That's kind of how it happened. That's, That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Stewart is
1: a, is a great dude. We, um, we had him on the show a little <laughs> while back, actually. Super nice guy, really, really does a lot for his bands and really cares. Yeah, he's super supportive for sure. And same yeah. with Curtis from uh, well PR. Yeah, um, We've been getting promos from him since we started, basically. So, yeah, he's also super supportive. Yeah, Curtis
2: has, has helped us out a lot also. Uh, we did sort of a three-song EP that we just put up on Bandcamp and ran it through Curtis, who, who had been recommended to us um, by Spacecope. Uh, and, you know, he did a fantastic job just with the little three-song EP on on Bandcamp. That's awesome. Spacecope as
1: well, another great band. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Are they um are they local like near you guys or
3: yeah they um they were in Colombia, um or at least uh, the guitarist and, and uh lead singer mm-hmm. Reno, but um he's now in Savannah. Oh okay. So it's it's kind of a regional band, but Colombia is still sort of home. Yeah. Oh,
1: awesome. And um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about the upcoming album? I know you mentioned you had one that's dropping very soon.
2: Yeah, sure. uh, it's coming out Friday. <laughs> uh, what else do you want to say?
3: We're, I, I had a great time um, recording it, and I, in listening to the test Pressing a little while ago, um, I was really excited with how it sounds. So I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, we all are, of course. Um, hey, should be. A labor of love, yeah.
4: <laughs> it's funny because, you know, you know, we've had the music there for a while, and I'll listen to it every once in a while just to see if I hate it later on. And <laughs> it, it just keeps surprising me how good it is. So we're pretty proud of it.
2: Awesome. So we recorded um, at the Jam Room here in Columbia. Uh, with Jay Matheson, who's also in Space Coke and also in a band called Brandy and the Butcher. Uh, and he he did a great job making it sound, you know, super gnarly and fuzzy and sludgy. And, you know, we're really happy with how the sound came out.
1: Great. I mean, I've only I've heard a, a bit of it so far. I definitely heard um, the, the single Hollow. Absolutely fantastic track. Great, great job on that one. Um, exactly. And yeah, I do definitely plan to. Cover the album. We'll, we'll cover the album on our site once it's out for sure.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say um, you have uh, your EP on there, Black Sky, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the songs. the, the yeah. three Songs that are on the EP are also going to be on on the record.
0: Yeah, those are good. I mean, it's yeah, they're groovy. They're you know, it's heavy. It's nice. It doesn't sound stressed or generic. You know, it's great. Uh, thanks, Thank man. You.
2: We definitely try to you know, cut down that, the middle of groovy and heavy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, you're funny. Like you're like fuzzy stoner doom, you know, like it's really good.
1: Thank you. So what, what would you say sort of your main inspirations for this album? were? Horror films, horror
4: stories, um, current events, past events. It was kind of a mix of all kinds of different stuff. Um, I think each one of us brings a a different kind of thing to the the band with ideas and the the stuff that they kind of want to touch on. I like the stuff that I kind of write is mostly like horror type space ideas. It's just
5: like weird <laughs> stuff, <laughs>
4: um, but I love yeah. that kind of stuff. But like, we'll get together on something and it kind of becomes a little something just more than that because everybody's added their little little piece to it and it beca- kind of becomes this whole new entity for a song and it it comes out the way it does uh, i think that's why it comes out the way it does
0: yeah i was gonna say i kind of like interpreted like uh hollow as like this like kind of like doomy love song in a way
4: yeah i could it could be yeah it could be seen that way in a way yeah that's
2: yeah. good one one review we had um re- sort of referred to us as psychedelic horror, and I think that sort of fits the way the way Kevin writes lyrics, and kind of that whole sort of approach to the way Kevin does is sort of the influence now kind of how I think about uh, the lyrics when I add little parts or or do things you know, I try to sort of get into that to that vibe, so that's sort of the direction uh lyrics are going for sure, I think. Awesome. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if you've actually listened
1: to our, our podcast before this, but we derail at least every episode for about ten minutes talking about horror movies. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <Totally. laughs> so, um, Kevin will talk, talk you off about that. I'm sure. Awesome. Um, so, I'm going to ask, um, what What are your favorites? What like, what do you, What do you consider to be the must sees for everyone? Oh man, <laughs> as above, so below. Okay. Uh, the first
4: time I saw that. And it kind of gets to that that point in the movie where things start getting crazy. I was I was blown away. I was just kind of like, "Wow, this is something I haven't seen before." And uh, every time I see it after that, um, I still love it. It, it wasn't kind of like the generic um, horror tale or whatever. It was it was pretty wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, I really loved the witch. That was a really good movie.
1: Yep. Um, that, that one was, uh, there's scenes that you don't expect going into because it, it kind of starts so slow and then it is out of nowhere, there's like really shocking scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And
4: the way the director makes everything just kind of come out of the darkness mm-hmm. uh, into the yeah. light, it's, it's, to me, that seems more realistic and it shows how creepy the real, real world can be. Mm-hmm. If there's no witches or anything like that,
0: right? What they name the goat? What they call that goat? In the kids, Black uh, Phillip. Black Phillip. Yes, Black Phillip. yes. That's right. yeah. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, okay. And, uh,
1: so, so those are like the, the very good ones. As far as over the top cheesy horror goes, do you have any sort of of those favorites? You know, the, the ridiculous horror movies.
3: I have a soft spot, a soft spot in my heart for Argento and that whole <laughs> um, sort of wild genre. Yeah. It's kind of really
1: yeah, over the yes. that.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I always like those, like the Evil Dead stuff. I always thought yeah. it was fun.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. This this conversation on this part can just. Keep going, (laughs) because if you name something, then it'll make me think of something, and
1: then we'll just keep going.
3: I love that it's a planned tangent. That's that's fantastic.
1: (laughs) It's it's just something we kind of just noticed that, like talking to musicians and bands, people who make metal tend to appreciate horror, I guess, more than people who make other styles of music. So it ends up just sort of happening most of the time, but. um, We'll jump back into it. Um, do you want to sort of tell us how you came to be as a band? What's
0: the backstory?
2: You want to start by? Um, sure. Uh, Gina and I worked together, um, and we were all hanging out one night, not too long after Lemmy died. And after a few shots, we started, you know, talking a lot of trash about starting um motorhead cover band. And right there, you know, Gina brought out a napkin and a pen, and we made a set list and she's like, we should call it iron fist. Um, so we started out as a, a motorhead, you know, cover band just for fun. And just because, you know, uh, we want to do a tribute to Lemmy and play some of those great songs. And we had a number of really cool shows, um, and really enjoyed doing that. And at a certain point we decided, we should do something, you know, that's that's our own.
0: Hell you know, yeah. I'm
4: kind of
2: like riding the opposite
1: way of Motorhead. <laughs> <laughs> it <was> way slower. <laughs> so what are your um, individual backgrounds? Like where did you each come from sort of musically? I'd, I was doing
4: music kind of off and on by myself, but I could never really secure a band that would be you know cohesive for more than two days and uh plus i i really stuck at playing guitar and stuff because that's what i i had started on and then you know i had met gina and we basically had gotten together and started our own band on, on our first date and we did that and that's kind of how gina and i knew each other and you know gina had introduced byron to me, and then you know we all became friends and stuff, and that's kind of how it led into uh, me learning how to play bass and um, doing the Lemmy thing, and then that kind of gave me the confidence I needed to to start playing uh, what we do in Minerva. And the thing I like about Minerva, you know, since it's slower, you can actually really think about what you're playing. And uh, you you can come up with some pretty cool things to add in rather than just playing fast. Yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask another question, but yeah, I'd love to hear what you have to say.
3: Oh, well, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm just a lifelong record collector and music collector and that's, um, that's primarily where I'm coming from. I probably didn't imagine that I would be in a band, even though I had a drum set and would just sort of practice and listen, listening to like studio recordings and playing along. But I, the first time I was in a band, I I was already 42, so I didn't. Um, and that was the the duo that Kevin and I formed. Um, and then from there, yeah, it just then it was Motorhead, and then it was Minerva. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Byron
4: was just born out of the sky to play metal.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm obviously the elder statesman here. <laughs> uh, you know, I started playing guitar in, in my teens, and um, in the late 80s, early 90s, had a band called Arcane, um, and we did sort of proggy thrash metal. Um, and then I had more of a, like an industrial rock band in the '90s, and then quit playing for a while uh, until we started up doing Motorhead, you know, around 2015. So I'm
1: going to take it as a safe bet that Lemmy was a pretty big influence for for this band. <laughs> oh yeah, Lemmy is the reason for a lot of
4: people's bands. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just amazing how many different types of bands and many different types of people that he touched to do that
0: yeah what's your favorite um song to play live motorhead oh man um (laughs) uh, i mean we got
2: you know uh our the team. the classics, Ace of Spades, or Gasmotron, or really fun. um Well, I always liked playing Iron Fist because you know we were yeah. called Iron Fist, and playing that yeah. song was fun, you know. And um man, they were all fun. I love playing play <laughs>
4: Damage Case. Mine, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of our set list. It was Damage Case. I loved playing that one. Yeah,
0: that was good. One. That's a, yeah. That's a really
3: good one. We are the road crew. I always have fun on that. Yeah. I love, I love, fun. I just love all
0: those grooves. Yeah, <laughs> Damage case is a good one. There, um, we interviewed a band, uh, We Demon, and they do a, a that that cover. It's it's pretty good. You should check it out.
3: Nice, awesome. Out
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's at,
3: awesome.
2: At a certain point, um, Reno from Space Cope asked us to do uh, a cover of. Uh, uh, 999 nine, nine emergency by girls school and, and, uh, motorhead. So that's actually out there on uh band camp somewhere. I think it's probably posted on, off space think, coats. Yeah. Band I think it it's on
4: space coats page. Yeah.
2: Awesome. So that was kind of a transition between, you know, doing motorhead and doing Minerva. Yeah. yeah. Slowed you down a
1: little
3: <laughs> bit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Have you
1: heard of a band called uh, poison speed? No. You should definitely check them out if you're into to Motorhead. They're um they're from the Midwest, I'm pretty sure, but I think they're from the Midwest. Um, they, they're basically like a more, I guess, aggressive version of Motorhead, but very similar vocal style, same sort of lyrics, like boozy, kind of groovy, biker nice. type feel. Um, yeah, I think you guys would all dig them. We're, we're writing this stuff down right now. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I got my
3: I got my Post-it system here. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> for for you gotta,
0: you have that. There's been some really cool bands that um, i found from, you know, talking to people and it's it's awesome. And I was like, all right, write that down, write that down, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So growing up, I guess, we like to always ask this question, what kind of influenced you and your taste in music? What what band sort of helped you shape your taste in music as you grew up?
5: Hmm
1: i think a lot
4: of it is you know you kind of start out when you're younger listening to certain types of music and as you get older you start to pick up from um you know whatever friends you have or family members that show you different types of music so it's kind of like this ongoing kind of journey of answering that question because every few years it's something more than the last thing um but what really got me into really wanting to play music seriously was um there's this band called the kills and i really really love how the guitarist jamie hints plays guitar because he does like a, a finger picking type style but he's just so slick with how he does everything and, and when you meet him he's he's the coolest dude in the world like he's 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 smoother than cream corn i'll just put it that way <laughs> but uh Um, that's kind of what really got me into it. And then, you know, the band that, you know, Gina and I had started, we, you know, we did like not that type of music, but it it had really pushed me to do guitar. But then when we really started getting into the motorhead stuff, you know, I switched to bass and it was like starting over again, but it, it was just kind of like that, that journey. And now we're, you know, We're playing all kinds of cool shows and stuff, and it's just pretty wild how just from that one influence kind of brought me here with all these guys. Yeah, for sure.
3: When I was young, my my older brother took me to the warehouse, and he would just hand me an album. And he'd say, "Kid, you need to listen to this," and it'd be <laughs> stuff like "Master of Reality." or like Led Zeppelin, like Physical Graffiti, or the New York Dolls. So he was a big influence in terms of the. I, I still love all of those records, you know, to this day, but I've added, you know, added my own.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I grew up listening to all the New Wave British Heavy Metal, all that stuff, and then all the underground uh, thrash stuff, um, and really loved. You know, got into Fate's Warning and stuff like that and Watchtower and all that kind of proggy stuff. Um, but I think one of, you know, to kind of kind of jump off Kevin's example, like the if I had to pick like one person who sort of influenced me a lot like that, um, I think it would be the guitarist from Solitude Eternus. I don't know if uh, you guys know that old, old school doom band. I, um... Um, yeah, well, Edgar was actually a friend of mine growing up. Um, and his playing like super, super influenced me uh, a lot. Yeah, I, um, I actually, cause you know how
1: the, um, I, I'm blanking on his name, the vocalist from Solitude is. Yeah, Rob Lowe. Lowe. Rob Lowe, yes. Um, I know everyone loves Messiah and Candlemas, but I actually think Rob Lowe brought a really different side of the band out. And I honestly like what he did as much as I like what Messiah did for completely different reasons. Yeah.
2: Yeah. uh, I was just the other day watching um, a live, I can't remember what the song was now, but it was live Candlemas with Rob singing and it just sounded killer. It does. He's got such a powerful voice. It's like, there's there's so much force behind it. Yeah. What's funny is, is he started out as the drummer and he would like, just screw around sort of singing at the top of his lungs, you know, um, not not in the microphone or anything, just, you know, behind the drums. And and they were just like, dude, you you need to be the singer. We're going to get another drummer and you're going to sing. <laughs> and that's how he became the singer.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I um, I need to go back and actually pay more attention to the guitar because I always focus too much on his vocals um, with Solitude. So I need to, yeah, after this, I'm probably going to go back and listen to it again and really focus on the, the guitar work.
2: Yeah, uh, Edgar and John Perez... Uh, sort of traded off solos. Um, So I don't know if in the lyric sheets it'll say who's playing what solos, but Mm
3: -hmm. um,
2: Edgar had a really smooth, really kind of classic style, very, very precise, Um, you know, wrote his solos note for note, played them the same way every time, you know, he was just a real perfectionist and that -hmm. that influenced me a lot and and super melodic as well as being, you know, technical. Awesome. Um, Gina, I actually meant to say this
1: before, but we changed topics. I think that what you said about how you've never been in a band until recently is super inspiring. Um, yeah. I think it's really never, cool. It's
3: never too late to do anything, yeah. honestly. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean,
1: that's a really good message for people because I, I know a lot of people out there think, oh, i never going into a band when I was younger. It's too late for me now. And that's,
2: yeah, it's definitely not true. I, I remember when I started playing guitar at 15, I already thought it was too late you know because if i didn't start at like eight or nine then you know it yeah. seems too late <laughs> but that's like totally wrong
4: <laughs> i didn't really start messing around with it until i was about 18 and i was so off and on i didn't really started getting real serious about it until i was in my late 20s so i mean you could
1: start anytime really yeah i mean for me personally i tried guitar on and off for a while and I just, it never really clicked for me. Um, but I definitely want to give it a try with bass. I think that, I mean, that's just me personally brainstorming. So I think if you some people like me as well get, I guess, lose hope when they play something and it doesn't really click for them. But there's so many other instruments out there. You has got a find that works for you. Right, it's making noise. Yeah, find something that makes you happy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon, I know you always have a couple of these Special questions yeah. to the side, so I'll let you.
0: Oh. Ask. I was gonna say, uh, what we got. Uh, what was your favorite city to play live in? Austin. Austin. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, Austin was cool.
0: Is that also your favorite city to eat in? Yeah, it's uh, it's
4: not a bad food city. I will bad. say. <laughs> I think when we were there, we ate so many tacos and drank so many margaritas. It was, <laughs> you can't get it. it like Byron was, had told us before we had, had went. I mean, Gina had already been before, but I had never been. And he, he had said that, you know, you, you go here and the tacos and the margaritas and stuff will be way better than what you get here. <laughs> and he was right. There's nothing like it. So when you come home, you have to try to recreate it yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah we um i actually went to tijuana for the first time because i live in san diego um not that long ago and i had a margarita there that's literally ruined like every margarita i've ever had since yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was like yeah. five bucks i was like i can't imitate this
2: <laughs> yeah we're we're addicted to uh all three of us are now addicted to spicy margaritas because of texas you know throw the jalapenos into the margaritas yeah oh, that's good you can't go wrong with that at all we know spicy
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome what was your um like your favorite like towns like did you play like at, like you know a little small town and just like just had an awesome like outpouring or that modern hometown that was pretty cool
3: oh yeah
0: you had a bunch of your
2: old friends come out and family and
3: that was yeah. a real special night yeah
2: Yeah, I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area around Arlington, which is right in between Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, And we played there when we went out to Texas here recently. And, uh, you know, old friends came out and um, it was really cool. Had a cool show. There's a a nice spot there in in Arlington uh, to play
0: uh, and had a great time. That's awesome. And then, I'll, like, I'm sure, like each of you have a little different answer. To this, but like, what's your um, your favorite um, like concert you've been to, like as a patron, like, like you know, I want to go see this band, like, I, I want to go see him live, like, let's go. Who was that for you?
4: Electric Wizard, man,
0: that was yeah, It was wild.
4: Yeah, it was it was like watching a sea of people all just headbanging slow the same way. It was it was great. It was it was funny because it was it really felt like a collective of people in a hive.
0: Yeah.
3: I've seen so many shows, but I, I saw the Damned in, uh, DC. Nice. And that, that was just one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This is, you know, one of those impossible, impossible <laughs> questions. Um, a few things came to mind, but one, um, a few years ago saw all them witches nice yeah yeah and they 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 were just sweet <laughs> 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 uh, they were great sounded great played great uh and it was kind of the end of the tour and they were you know and they were tired and you can kind of tell totally didn't matter they still crushed it um so i still think about that show sometimes
0: nice uh what about what what's your uh your like kind of favorite like music to like kind of like wind down to and relax like you're just like trying to you know put on some background noise or something and just not like you know just relax
4: <laughs> gina calls it wolf humping music but i <laughs> i listen to how i love that band that i love getting down with us that you can just close your eyes and and put the earbuds
1: in and pass it, out too. listening to that what was the band sorry? High Alone. Oh, okay. I haven't heard them, I have to check them out. They're man, they're super
5: awesome.
4: But both albums are really good. Uh I would I would definitely listen to it with the headphones on and just get in the right state of mind. Cause it's uh it's it's very uh sound oriented. It, it feels if you if you really kind of just really listen to it you, it feels like you're kind of in
0: like atmospheric yeah in an atmosphere yeah so put All your
4: right. dog away feed the dog <laughs> get bed,
1: and just just listen to it that's how i feel about um pink floyd <laughs> so yeah, those yeah. Bands, you have to like you gotta. Tune everything out and get in the zone, and just like listen to the album from start to finish and focus on nothing else. Yeah, turn
4: turn your notifications off on the phone. Yeah, no
0: interruptions.
4: You gotta have the whole album to play. Mm
3: -hmm. I love I love like early Floyd. That would be one of them. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just something special about it, huh? It's like Yeah. Yeah, they're a special band.
3: Nick Mason is one of my favorite drummers. Yeah. Und- understated and underrated, I'd say. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. This isn't really sort of the same, uh, you know, because sometimes I'll, you know, just put on jazz or whatever if I want to like really mellow out. But lately I've been listening to Forming the Void a lot. Nice. And I, I just l- love that band because they're super heavy, but at the same time, you know, they're chill and atmospheric. They got a vibe uh yeah. you sort of lock into. Um, and I, I, I've just been sort of all, all about that lately.
1: Nice. This is going to sound super random, but for me, the a band I've gotten into recently that I find super relaxing, well, artist, I guess, is Enya. All right
3: i love and yet yeah
4: that's relaxing stuff too man don't (laughs) let anybody tell you that it (laughs) is yeah like i'll I'll listen to uh dream pop like it's because you can get the same kind of weird atmosphere
1: kind of thing out of that yeah and the other one is bjork bjork is Uh, uh, great Bjork, bjork is honestly amazing like every single album is so different and everyone is still good
2: somehow yeah uh there, there there's no doubt <laughs> there's no doubt that bjork is <laughs> you know top top 10 ever you know yeah uh, at least for me for sure i just like
1: i don't know if you if you put on shuffle or something it's like every single song is so different to
2: the last yeah, yeah some people have too much talent man it's just not fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, the the Fever Ray first
4: album was pretty awesome too. Were yes, the yes were it was. Out like some one. atmospheric stuff because man, I can get down with some of that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that first album was a really dark album. The the stuff that kind of came after is it just kind of got into this weird. <laughs> it got too weird for me, but um, the first album was just it 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 made you wish that you wrote that album,
1: right? Was that that was the one that had i'm trying to think what song was on that one um uh, that was the one from the vikings tv show something something hot right um, yeah if i had a heart if i had a heart yeah that's the one but there was another one that was really big as well called when i when i grow up or something as well i think yeah um oh man now i gotta look this up <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm blanking on I'm pretty sure the top, like the two singles were If I Had a Heart and Then uh, When I Grow Up. I think that is the name of the song. Um,
4: Yeah, you're right. Uh, Triangle Walks, that's another good song. Yes. Yep. So one of the, the things I really love about what she's doing with the vocals and stuff on that is it's, she she's doing it where there's multi-gendered vocals. So you've got deep vocals that sound really weird and distorted and, and higher vocals that are distorted this kind of in a weird way too, but they're blended together. So it almost sounds like some kind of weird demon or something is kind of reaching out and just adding whatever it says to
1: the song. I I definitely know what you mean. Um, Yeah, it's it's a huge range between the styles that she uses. Um, Have you ever listened to a band called Mum? M-U-M? No. You should write that one on your list. Uh, If you like that type of like super kind of chill, spacey out out there stuff, um, there's a song you should listen to first if you can find it called Ballad of the Broken Birdie Record. Okay. Um, Hmm. Yeah, that's... I, the weirdest thing is I, I it's like a I don't know how to describe them they're kind of like this type of music that we've been talking about but they actually were featured on um, when what's this song uh, that documentary about black metal um, When the Light Takes Us I think um, uh-huh. yeah it's a really famous black metal documentary but I have no idea why but they were featured on it and that's how I found it but <laughs> okay cool we'll check that out It's on the list cool <laughs> Brendan, what about you? You uh Me? I, the, I
0: like I, I wait, I'm trying to wind down and I'll I'll listen to some like usually some sort of like I don't know, it's not sometimes it's not like I don't know. Um uh, this has said a whole lot of nothing. I'd say um Space Jesus has like got like this like really crazy um I don't know weird electronic shit and then um smashing pumpkins man i listen to the great band listen to all those guys um there's another band um a high and heavy they do some like neat kind of stoner doom and um they're pretty good so i listen to that rock out
1: You got any, uh, any other ones lined up
0: there? Uh, um, unless you want to talk about some craft brews. <laughs> 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 I think
1: we're pretty much good. Cool, because I, uh, I got one more I want to ask you guys for sure. Um, okay, this is going to be tough, so I'm going to do it in two parts because this is always the hardest question we ask everyone. If you oh, support yeah. any band or artist live, who would it be and you can do one unrealistic like <laughs> this would never happen but i wish it could and they can be alive or dead and then one realistic like this is something we could maybe ha- make happen in the future
2: if if we could see
1: oh no support like open for type thing oh open for open for
4: okay
1: man well. it's a tough one i know i'm sorry <laughs>
4: I want to say motorhead but no that's not happening. <laughs>
3: man, the, the Melvins are just everything to me. So <laughs> that would be that would be one one shot at an answer.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, Candlemas would be fun. Uh, for a realistic one, love to open for those guys. Yeah, man. That would be a ton of fun. <laughs> Do you know who the
1: vocalist is at the moment Candlemas? have they gone back to the original vocalist or are they with someone new now
2: I the the last time I I looked and noticed uh, he was back yeah because they change all the they change yeah. vocalists a lot sorry didn't mean to cut, cut you off if you had another answer there oh I was just trying <laughs> trying to think of an unrealistic one um uh, the first thing that comes to mind for a completely unrealistic one would love to open for Hendrix, man. (laughs) Yeah. awesome. (laughs) You know, just, just cause I would want to, want to be there and see and hear, you know, what he's
0: all about. I wonder what he'd think about music nowadays.
2: I don't know. It'd be super interesting. I think about both him and Randy Rhodes a lot of times, like what, you know, what their styles would have turned into and what they might be playing or might be, or or might be like now or might care about now. I mean, it it would be interesting
0: to know. Right. Or working on something behind the scenes, totally not in what they normally were doing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I could could see Randy Randy Rose doing something completely, totally different, maybe scoring stuff or something, you know? I mean, I don't know. There's a couple
1: of those artists where you always wonder what it could have been. Like, um, Definitely, like for me, I always I always think about the Beatles because their sound changed constantly. If they had stuck together and not died, you never know where their albums could have ended up being as music progressed. Um, and then the Doors is another one. I mean, they again they always change constantly. So it'd be interesting to see how their music evolved as music changed, especially in the '70s because mm-hmm. there were
4: so many changes in the '70s as far as music. I mean, coming out of the '60s and then how it transformed. Until the late 70s, it was kind of wild. It was only just a few years that happened.
2: Yes. So there were so many advances in just like studio technology and stuff. It'd be really interesting to hear what the doors would have done like in the late 70s or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would have been really interested to see if they kept the key, you know, the the keyboard because that was such like a 60s sound and that kind of faded out a lot in the 70s as sense came in.
3: Bring, Bring those drums. Bring those
1: drums up in the mix. I love John Densmore too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the death metal band Death at all, um, but like absolutely,
2: Schu- I Chuck- saw Death. This 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 is going to age me a little bit, but I saw Death once on Leprosy and twice on Spiritual Healing tours. Oh, that's awesome! Like in small, you know, in club. That's amazing. And they they just freaking crushed it. You know, spiritual healing tour. There, you know, that was peak for me, man. <laughs> for that band, they they just sounded killer.
1: Yeah, that's a great album. Um, but I was, my favorite is actually symbolic. Just the the progression that they moved into, like the yeah. music on that is like it's like transcending death metal almost. Um, yeah, they
2: started really getting influenced by Watchtower a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, started getting more technical.
1: Because I always wonder what they would have ended up as, because every single album shifted further and further away from the original sound. Like by by the time they got to the, the final release, it was like it was death metal, but it wasn't. It was kind of like technical thrash with like kind of harsh vocals. Um, so, Um And then if you look at like what he did with um Control Denied, that was kind of like I kind of felt like that was an evolution that he was kind of shifting towards. But that's just a theory of mine. But yeah, I'd love to see where he ended up. Yeah. Sorry for the, uh, the rambling. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, and then I guess I'd like to ask you guys as well, was like, who have you supported that you've liked playing with so far on the tours that you've done?
2: Uh, when we went out to, uh, Austin, we played a Gravitoid heavy music showcase. Um, and there are like a dozen bands on that. And there, there's so many killer bands. Um, I know, uh, Kevin may, may have a favorite out of those and maybe Gina too, but the, the headliner for that was the atomic Bitchwax, And i have been waiting for years to see those guys. Every time I tried to go see them, like something happened and I, and I couldn't make it. Uh, so it was really cool to get, to open up for them and see them. And of course they freaking crushed it, you know? Thunder Horse was a great band to open for too, because
4: when we finally got to relax and watch them play, I was just—it was blew my mind. They were so good. Um, I was geeking out.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we were all geeking out on Thunder Horse. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> it was funny because I was sitting there
4: holding my beer, thinking, "Man, these guys are so damn good." And then Gina walked up to me and kind of looked at me and said, "Man, these guys are so damn good." And then about. 10 minutes later, Byron found us in the crowd and said, man, these guys are really good.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true.
3: <laughs> I always yeah. have a really fun time playing with our, um, some of our label mates. Um, so like Holy Roller and like Grave Next Door mm-hmm. and Tommy Stewart. We always have a really, really fun time. Um day glow morning um a couple of uh one one of the bands i love playing with in atlanta is the buzzards of fuzz that's one of my favorites and we love space coke too we um we played shows with them and it's always fun you never know what's going to happen it's always going to rule it's going to be a good night
4: yeah all the bands that gina mentioned they're they're super supportive, and they really care about the music. They, they go above and beyond what a lot of other people would to really support other bands and stuff. So they're, they're really good friends to have.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, another, another I would add on to that is Ember. Uh, they're they're not um, they're not on Black Duma but they're friends with all those guys and play shows with all those guys and they're really cool really good really supportive Um, Doomstress is pretty awesome really supportive I like Doomstress I love Doomstress
3: yeah they
2: rock they rock
0: I haven't listened to them in a minute I'm I'm gonna write oh man they're, they're like, very
2: sort of new new wave of british heavy metal esque um yeah I, but, oh, but oh, just so great they hit that sort of sweet spot between new new wave of British heavy metal and sort of stone or rock or doom you know um and they they, they just hit it spot on Byron, yeah. you're into like
1: the um like the new wave of uh, british heavy metal stuff have you do you follow a label at all, at all from Germany called um dying victim productions Mm-mm, I don't know that one you should definitely check it out. Um, they're like one of the best labels out there at the moment, putting out like new wave heavy metal all with like a eighties sort of feel to it. Um, ton yeah. of good stuff coming through there. Yeah. Uh, what was it again? Uh, Dying victim productions. It sounds right. like, like an extreme metal label, but it's got like, it's mostly just new wave heavy metal. And then a bunch of like uh first wave black metal, like old school
0: black and thrash stuff. Do you uh, ever listen to Wolf Tooth? A little bit. I like them; they're pretty good. But
1: what you said about Space Cup as well? I mean, we haven't talked about them at all on this podcast much yet, but that last album they did was phenomenal. Um, that was something special. Like it, it was just like that was one of the fuzziest, most distorted things I've heard in like a really long time. Everything Reno touches turns to gold. There it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That opening track was like mind-altering. It was good stuff. Yeah, those guys are great,
4: man. If you if you ever get the chance to see them live, definitely bring your earplugs. But it's it's it rocks so hard you don't care.
1: Mm-hmm. Those That's guys awesome. are so, so heavy live. Do you guys know um Uncle Woe? hmm that's yeah. another one you should check out. They're like um, stoner doom, such kind of grunge stuff. But like their new album that came out this year was phenomenal. What is
3: it? Yeah, what was the name again? I'm um, sorry, Uncle
1: Woe. Like Uncle and then W O E, two words. W O E.
3: Okay, thanks. Sorry, I have an accent. <laughs> no, no. I was like, like whoa, or <laughs> <laughs> or Joey Lawrence. Whoa, <laughs> yeah, that's what that was like. <laughs> got guess for anyone listening at
1: the moment is there anyone that you think should get more love that people should check out like uh, under, underground bands or bands that you know that people don't know and should know
4: so I got shined on to a band called Rickshaw Billy's Burger Patrol and <laughs> those guys <laughs> are just nasty how they play it's I don't know how to describe it. It's just really good. Um, I would add a little more low end, but uh other than that they're they're good.
2: Awesome. yeah, I think I would reiterate forming the void just because that's what I'm on to right now, <laughs> and if people are into this kind of stuff and hasn't really listened to them, I would say, go listen to them. Awesome.
1: Gina, you got got anyone people should check out?
3: Um, I think uh, I probably mentioned most of them. Yeah, no, uh, something additional is not. Give me a second. Come back and I'll I'll think of something. Okay. <laughs> I,
4: I will say, uh, check out Buzzards of Fuzz's new yeah. album. Yeah, Because I li- that's another one you have to listen to with the headphones because it's, it's
3: great. It's yeah.
4: it's one of those atmospheric type albums and. I, I I was expecting one thing, and then when I heard it, I was I was kind of blown away, like how really good it really was. Not saying that I didn't think they were gonna do a good job. I knew they were gonna do a good job, but it went beyond my expectations. So they they're somebody to check out. they hot,
0: Ram. I'd say on that forming the void kick, go uh, check out Elder. Yeah, Elder's good. Yeah, if you have that's some good stuff.
2: Yeah, I got a friend who's super into them and I just haven't had a chance to listen to them a whole lot yet. But that's been on, on my to listen to list for a little yeah. while. I need to get I need to get on that.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say they're all, everything's really amazing. Um that just their last album was a little iffy for me, but it was just like I don't know, they changed the vocals a little style. Like I don't think it was a new person. It was just like they just sounded different and I don't know. It was just a little weird. It's still really good but that's just opinion.
1: Oh, Byron, this one just came to mind for me as well. Another um, new wave band. Like this is probably one of the best ones I've heard in decades, like since the eighties type thing called mirror Hmm. from Cyprus. Oh yeah. I don't know that one. I I only, I only found them last week from a recommendation from another reviewer. Um, So they're kind of like, they're not getting enough attention, but they should be. But um the latest album is called the day bastard leaders die um like the album covers like it doesn't look like the heavy metal it looks like something like extreme metal but it's like it literally could have come straight out of the 80s it kind of sounds you know how there's those albums that got missed and then people discovered them like 20 years later yeah it sounds like one of those all right it's down on my list Okay, um, we're kind of coming to the end of our time, so I just want to ask you guys one more time: Is there anything that you guys want to mention, like shows coming up people should watch out for? Um, obviously,
2: you have the new album coming out. Um, anything else that people should be on the lookout for? Um, you know, new, new albums coming out Friday. Uh, you can go get it um, on Black Doom's band Bandcamp page. Um, go check out our video for Hollow, uh, which is our single from the record and the title track from the record that's on Black Doomba's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and we signed on to do the New England Stoner and Doomfest uh, in October. So if anybody's listening is out in the Northeast, um, get a chance to come come to the festival.
0: Where Where, you, where is that
2: playing? Uh, it's in Connecticut. Um, I think it's Jewett, Connecticut or something like that.
0: I live in Connecticut.
2: <laughs> cool, you can come in.
0: <laughs> yeah, he will be there. <laughs> uh, that's right. So it's in October. Yes, yeah, October
2: eighth through the tenth, or seventh through the ninth, or something like that. Yeah. Oh,
1: Lordy, all right. <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> yeah, we're uh. Both yeah,
1: that's about half an hour. To you mean, we to
0: say sweet. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they, really they, haven't,
2: they haven't announced the, the full lineup yet or anything so i assume that's going to be coming
0: nice oh man yeah that's like yeah like a half an hour ride for me sweet oh man oh i'm excited i'm gonna try and make that happen do awesome. you uh, know you there. Like, what night you're playing
3: no we yeah. the schedule hasn't been
0: no nothing like that all right nice um oh man yeah i'm gonna try one of the
3: nights
0: (laughs) nice yeah yeah i'm just thinking if i can't like do the whole weekend or something i'll just try and make that night or whatever that's awesome yeah that uh i there's probably a few uh bands playing there that uh i've seen met a couple times the local guys they're pretty cool There's a really neat band called gorge um and then um afghan Haze and um, when the deadbolt breaks yeah. awesome bands check out when the deadbolt breaks they're really interesting like they uh awesome stuff like really dynamic yeah they're really good
1: they uh it's like everything from sludge to grunge like a rock it's yeah it's, it's all good
0: yeah i uh seen them live i play you and like you um aaron has got like this pedal board that's like I don't know, the size of Montana. It's insane. You're just like, what are you doing, dude? Like, and you just melt your face with it. It's awesome.
4: <laughs> he must have been hanging out with the Edge. You ever see his pedal boards? It's just ridiculous because they're all delays. That's because that's all he plays. <laughs> yeah. If you ever see the documentary, it might get loud. I always made the joke that when you know he was sitting there practicing with um, Jimmy Page and Jack White, that you know, they would they would kind of play each other's you know famous songs, and I always made the joke that he would be looking like he was trying to play what they were playing, but it would only go.
3: his <laughs> delay,
1: <laughs>
3: the cool sound. Are you a uh, Jack
1: White fan? Oh yeah, yeah me too. Oh, yeah. I think he's super talented. Dude, basically everything he touches is. Kind of worth listening to. Yeah. yeah that,
4: uh, he may be the Willy Walker or whatever of, you know, <laughs> records and, and all the the old tunes and stuff, but, you know, I'd rather be a Willy Walker in a world of, you know, other rich people who are idiots.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> and he made a really, uh, do you see that interview he did about like the record industry at the moment, like not long ago? Yeah. Oh, the,
3: the appeal to the yeah. major. Record labels to make their make own pressing plants. Yeah. yeah, please. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're all waiting for very, very delayed vinyl records. Yeah. Everyone is. Yeah. Everyone. Nah,
0: that's I, uh, I think I have like four or six records just up in the air still. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. When they show up though, it's going to be awesome because I've already forgotten. Like, I know, I don't know. Like, what, 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 what did I order? What did I, Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's like I saw another article making a good point. It's like there's a couple of key albums that made the delay happen, like absolutely huge pressings. Yeah, like, like Adele a, or whatever. Adele, and then there was like a new ABBA record, and oh, um, yeah, another one, um, Taylor Swift. Like, right, like,
3: Taylor. That's right, right.
1: Yeah, and the, the, those three, like alone, push back record pr- pr- pressing plans by like three months. Well, I mean, she's got like those ten minute long songs on there, dude. Well she did a double vinyl, which was completely unnecessary. Like it's it's the Dell. It's like you don't need a double vinyl for your music. You know what I mean? That could easily fit on one. Like it doesn't, doesn't seem necessary to me personally, but that's my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, I saw some people online kind of kind of diss Jack White for that statement. And I, I never really understood that because he, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean right. you know, where's the lie, man? I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> Completely.
1: It's like they, they make so much money they could easily afford to do it, and they they make a profit on it. If they did, it's not like they lose money building those plants. It's the vinyl demand is not going anywhere, right? And it, it's boomed so much. It's overtaken CD sales like the last like three or four years running, or something like that. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, really, I, the only place to sell a CD now is at a show. Yeah, but mm-hmm. on Bandcamp, that, that's that's yeah.
1: about it, really. Right. That's about it, yeah. yeah it's kind of like, I go to, like, my record store sometimes and have, like, a CD section, and I'm always like, does someone, <laughs> do people go to that?
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I, used to, I used oh, sorry, to listen sorry. to CDs in my car all the time, you know, but I don't really listen to CDs at home, you know? It's like, I usually listen to, it, like, through my phone or, like, you know, through a speaker, like through that way, you know, normally I want to get like a whole like kind of system set up, but like ultimately like, unless I'm like in my car, I really have a like, CD player, you know? The thing that puzzles me that the
1: comeback that puzzles me is the cassette return. Like I, that one I, I'm super confused about. I, I don't really get that one. It's uh, cheap.
3: Yeah. It's
1: that's, cheap. that's all it's I could
2: cheap. think of.
3: It's cheap. They're like two bucks to make and five bucks to sell. (laughs) I
2: I don't think anybody actually listens to them. I think they just buy them to have something physical and then get the download code and then just sort of collect the cassettes and have them stacked somewhere or something. I'd be surprised if they really listen to them a lot. Yeah. I
4: think of it as kind of a collectible art.
0: Right.
5: Okay.
0: Um, Yeah. Well, not only that, but like, I mean, I feel like, I've had, I, I, I listened to tapes growing up and there'd be like, you'd have that one shitty tape player that would eat all your tapes. Yeah. You know, yeah. or like, you <laughs> know, like, that. like, yeah, I'm listening to kid and play. And then all of a sudden it just stops playing. And I'm like, what's going on? What Like, and then I pull the tape out and it's all eaten up into the machine, you know, or like whatever. I just like, Oh man.
1: <laughs> Wrecked another queen tape. Yeah but the other thing about them is that they like unlike vinyls and cds they they actually deteriorate
0: pretty quickly like the they
3: do yeah black,
0: they lose quality over time which is unfortunate right that's why a lot of people i think i don't know like they'll buy like a uh like the the colored copies you know like the fun variants and then they'll buy like the regular you know black vinyl to listen to yeah that's what i'm going to start doing yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely, love,
1: I absolutely love vinyl and so only physical media I buy these days. But I just wish they weren't so big;
2: it's <laughs> like up so much space. Yeah, right. It's so hard to transport. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still a CD guy. I'm, I'm one of those.
0: Yeah, I mean, I bought um, CDs the other day. I, I mean, I, I love them. It's just, I just need to get a better setup. You know what I mean? So I can listen to them in my house versus like just in my car or whatever. You know, like what i gotta do but i love cds yeah it's great i have all my cds from when i was like a teenager and whatnot you know some of them i've lost along the way like you know the cds that you like loan to a friend you're like oh man you gotta listen to this and then like you're like wait i never got that back <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, I still have all my CDs from high school
1: and like my, my college years and stuff. So I got like 1,500 CDs, but they're all in Australia. And uh, I don't know how much it would even cost to ship them to the US, which is like a terrifying prospect to think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Maybe, maybe sell them and then send
0: the money to yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then rebuy I mean, them all <laughs> once you get it with the money.
0: <laughs> yeah, write, write it down, what you have. <laughs> it's like,
1: the thing is though, it's like, when You sell that many CDs, you either have to sell them one by one to make any like real money back, or you have to sell them as a bulk thing, and then you just, you're gonna lose so much yeah, money on the dollar, yeah. Yeah, it's like they were you're gonna get like 10% back, or well, if that, if you're lucky on like each one, unless they're like a real collector's item or something, which some of them are, but anyway, we uh we got to wrap it up, unfortunately, time wise. But thank you so much for coming on the show, we really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time, and it was nice getting to know you all and, and having a a chat yeah yeah thanks right. for having us
3: thank you so much
1: no problem and um, down the line if you have another album coming out hit us up and we'd
2: love to have you back on Yeah, um, awesome thank you good fun to have a chat we look forward to seeing you at uh, New England Stone or Doomfist all
3: right
0: yeah Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> about that I'm, awesome. uh, I'm, I'm, I'll message you guys uh, somehow yeah. somewhere slide up before it all goes down I think it would be awesome yeah yeah That's it's cool. gonna be fun Yeah, that'll be great.